1: Welcome back to Miles Away. This is your host, Zach Hoenig. On today's episode of Miles Away, we are sitting down with TPG's family editor, Summer Hall. Welcome back to the podcast, Summer.
0: Thank you, Zach. It's been forever.
1: It has been forever, but I had your friend Ed Pizza on and we talked all about Disneyland.
0: Oh, I'm jealous.
1: Now we are moving to the magical world of Disney World.
0: Where I'm very partial because we can get there in like two hours on a plane. Yeah,
1: it's a little bit closer than, than Anaheim, It huh?
0: really is. So Disney World is in Florida, in the Orlando area, and there are four theme parks in Disney World, as well as some water parks, um, but four main theme parks that make up the world.
1: And which would those be?
0: Those would be Epcot the Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and Disney's Hollywood Studios, and I swear this isn't a commercial.
1: Oh, very cool. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of different options. And then there's water parks that are part of the Disney umbrella there as well?
0: There are, yeah. And the water parks are a little outside of my domain. We don't ever go for long enough that we need a water park day because we would just swim at the hotel, but there are water
1: parks there. Got it. Okay. So let's start by, by breaking down the different parks. Can you kind of give me a maybe like, like a 45-second elevator pitch on the four parks?
0: Sure. So Magic Kingdom is kind of the iconic classic one you may think of with the castle. It's It's also the one that's probably best for little kids. There's a lot of rides there that are little kid appropriate. It's Um, a
1: small world. That's
0: one. See, that's not even little kid appropriate. That's like I need 20 minutes in the air conditioning appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) It's creepy, but it's nice and you sit down. Animal Kingdom has real animals, so you can take like a ride that goes through, say, a safari. Um, It gets really hot and humid there with all the plants, but it also has... Pandora, which has some of the best rides currently at Disney World. And that's
1: a fairly new addition, right? That is right? new,
0: yeah. So Toy Story Land is the newest land at Disney World, but Pandora is right behind that. So Animal Kingdom's a lot of fun. I don't ever go there for more than a day on our trip, and you could probably do it in less than that. Epcot kind of has a couple components to it. So it has the World Showcase, which is where you have your different countries.
1: You get the little paper passport and you get stamps. It's so, so fun! They still do that.
0: So I don't know if they still... They I think they still do some stuff like that with special, like, wine you know, food and wine events. Uh, But um, with kids now, we've been really lacking on the eating and drinking at Epcot. But before kids, when Josh turned 35, uh, my husband, we went and did an around the world beer tour there. You cannot do it successfully. Like, don't really try. Like, pick your countries wisely. But there's a lot of cool food and drink and It it almost feels like you are in different countries there. So that's part of Epcot. And then they kind of have some of the more educational, futuristic parts of it, too. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite rides is actually the land, where you sit on this really slow-moving water barge thing, but it takes you through where they grow food that they actually use at Epcot. It's really cool. Um, And educational, and you get to sit down for a while, so all bonuses at Disney. And then there's Disney Hollywood Studios, which is where the newest land, Toy Story Land, is, has what is my family's current favorite ride, Slinky Dog Dash. Everyone from the—she's actually just three— Um, Everyone from the three-year-old to my husband loved that ride. And it's also where Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will be opening later this summer.
1: And we've heard lots about that. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to be there on opening day?
0: I... May Might be. I, the one in California opens first in May, and I'm 99% sure I'm going to be there opening day. I don't know if I'll repeat that again for <laughs> Disney World, but TBD, we'll see how it all plays out. I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, so it's like my world's combining. But uh, Hollywood Studios also has some of the like really cool rides like Rock and Roller Coaster that goes upside down. Oh, is
1: that the Aerosmith ride? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so my oldest daughter. I did that at daughter, in Paris, actually, and I, yeah! still, I did it. It was a really quiet day at the park, and I got to do it over and over and over. It would
0: be so sick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like zero to 60 in, in a half a second it's or something. It's so
0: fast phaser. and loud Aerosmith music, um, and it's got the Tower of Terror. So it's got some cool like older kid rides mm-hmm. there. Um, so that's might have been more than forty-five seconds, but that's sort of a high level of each of the four. parks. We'll parts. take it. Okay.
1: <laughs> so how do you get between the parks? And do you pick a, a hotel that's you know close to one of the parks and take the monorail around? Can, kind of walk me through the logistics.
0: Yeah. So it's like a massive complex. I think the last stat I saw said that Disney World itself is about the size of San Francisco. So like wow. think San Francisco when you're thinking getting around this. Yeah. It's massive. Okay. And so there is a monorail that connects a few of the deluxe resorts, as well as the Magic Kingdom and the Ticketing Transportation Center. And then you can take a different monorail, kind of like you're transferring subways, um, over to EPCOT. And th- that's the extent of what's on the
1: monorail. So when I was at Disneyland a-, a few weeks ago, I did the Park Hopper Pass. Yeah. So I got to do we did both parks and we did lots of rides at both of the parks in one day. So fun. Is that doable at Disney World?
0: Yeah, so to finish your other question, so the monorail will only help you to so much. And then after that, there's a bus network. But my favorite way to get around is these really cute minivans they introduced a couple years ago. It's mini as in like mini mouse. And so they have polka dots on these cars, and they will take you from park to park. Um, It's in the Lyft app, and so you're paying by mile. But it's so much faster than any other option that that's what we use with little kids because that's car seats Uh, and then some are connected by boat and some people drive there's a lot of ways to get around but it's You don't hop there very effectively Mm -hmm. unless you've got a good strategy or you're just going one park to another. Like, you're not going to wander the whole complex. But so to answer your question, yes. uh, A few months ago, maybe if you've talked to Ed Pizza, you already know this, but we tried to ride every ride at Disney World in one day. So if you just think doing all the rides at Magic Kingdom in one day, that's crazy. But this was all four parks, and it was hot. Like, it was September. And we came real close. We knew we wouldn't succeed because the park wasn't open late enough that night. We did, I think, like, 44 I only threw up twice.
1: Oh my god!
0: Uh, I think it was over 20 miles we logged doing it, and we were legit running. Um, Personally, if I'm taking a real, actually family trip, we do not park hop. We don't buy park hoppers. I have an annual pass because it gets discounts for all of us, so I could park hop. We don't do that with a three year old and a husband who has limited like tolerance for all things crowds in Disney. Uh One park a day is more than enough.
1: So walk me through the experience, you know, going with your family versus going with a Disney adult.
0: It's really fun both ways, but the two trips are so different. And I've done some solo trips to to Disney and theme parks, too, mainly because I have a weird job in the travel world, and sometimes you just have time on your hands to do that. But what you notice when you're there, either just by yourself or just with adults, is like how frenetic it all is. And you can kind of go at your own pace and take it all in slowly, whereas on family trips, usually it's, It's just a lot more rushed. So I actually learned on my adult trips to take things a lot slower on family trips and to not stress so much about missing a fast pass. Because those adult trips really are more fun than when you're trying to make the kids happy. And by doing that and trying so hard, you are probably running yourself into the ground. Mm -hmm. But on adult trips, you can also spend more time on the food. There is actually really pretty decent food and drinks there, not just at the Around the World Beer Tour at Epcot. Disney's a lot of work with little kids. That's the honest truth. Um, especially if you're trying to make this once-in-a-lifetime trip and fit everything in at once. We have the luxury of we know we're going to go back, but even still, sometimes we try to do too much. Creating too much magic ends up with grumpy people.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Well said. so there's there's a let's let's break down pricing a little bit so you've got the the day pass you can add on more days then you can add on the park hopper and then there are a whole bunch of other add-ons that you can have too you can do the uh the fast pass right you can do meal plans things like that how does that impact your experience and how do you kind of decide what you know makes the most sense for your any given trip
0: so your budget will tell you what makes the most sense for any given trip disney tickets are expensive and every disney park does this differently so disneyland and disney world are different disney world ha- does have most of those options you mentioned they also now have date-based pricing so peak season costs more than off-season although there's really no off-season at disney anymore there's just busy and busier you will pay different depending on your date you will pay less per day if you buy a longer ticket. So you're going to be better served going for a week and be doing everything that you can possibly do in a week rather than go for two days and then six months later come back for two days. You're going to pay more on those one- and two-day tickets. It's going to be north of $100 a day, whereas if you buy a longer ticket, you may be down to 40 or $50 a day.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a huge difference. Okay.
0: It really is. Um, and then I have an annual pass because I go enough a year that it makes sense, uh, especially because you'll get discounts on merchandise and some of the after hours experiences and restaurants and all that you can use for your whole family mm-hmm. that made sense for me and sometimes it does make sense for just one person in the family to have that pass uh, especially if you're taking a trip that's a week long you're probably looking at a similar price point and if you can just go ahead and come back before it expires 11 months later you'll come out ahead
1: do you get discounts for your, for guests as well?
0: You get discounts on like their meals and merchandise for up to a certain number of people, and then also some of their after hours or special ticketed events, like their Christmas parties and Halloween parties, and all you can get discounts for your family as well.
1: How's the lodging kind of play in? So there's there's on Disney housing, there's official Disney housing, right? Disney or, housing or hotels rather.
0: <laughs> Disney <laughs> resorts. lodging.
1: Disney <laughs> resorts.
0: <laughs> I would like to live in Disney housing, actually. <laughs>
1: Disney resorts, and then there's then there's the totally unaffiliated hotels, right? Yeah,
0: and there's a hybrid. There's, like, hotels that are neither Disney nor wholly unaffiliated. Like, especially in Disney Springs, you will find Hilton and Wyndham. What's D-
1: Disney Springs? So, That's not a park, I'm guessing. Once
0: upon a time, it used to be called Downtown Disney.
1: Oh, yeah, okay.
0: And they kind of renamed it. So it's this area of the park that is on Disney property, but it's not a theme park, as you say. It's basically a shopping entertainment district that you don't need a Disney ticket to go to. And in that area, there are a number of hotels, largely points-friendly chain hotels. So you'll find some Hilton's there. You'll find Best Western, I believe. There's Wyndham. Those hotels have some Disney perks. So you can book your Fast Passes 60 days in advance instead of the normal 30, which is unique to Disney resorts plus a handful of off-property.
1: That sounds very different than Disneyland, right? So the fast passes at Disneyland it's are very day different of, than Disneyland, yes. But 30 or 60 yeah. days in so advance. So here's
0: the thing about Disney wow. World. You have to be a type A super planner. And if you are not, then you're going to be the one who might be really frustrated because most of the other people there have been planning. Like, I'm, This is not a joke. If you want to eat at certain places at Disney World, you have to make that reservation 180 days in advance.
1: What are these places?
0: Um. So... Popular places like Cinderella's Castle, Ohana's, which is at the Polynesian Village Resort. There's a number of others, especially if you're going at peak times.
1: What about like those character brunches? Is that a 180 day situation? Some of them are. I mean, Chef Mickey's can
0: book up at peak times for sure. But I want to
1: go this weekend, Summer. What am I going to (laughs) do?
0: So there are some websites I know that can help find last minute availability, but they often die because they're probably scraping Disney's data. So there are ways to do this, but they aren't reliable long term. But yeah, literally they take restaurant reservations six months in advance. And then your fast passes, they're included. You don't have to pay extra like you do at Disneyland. But you only can make your reservations 30 days out if you're staying anywhere but Disney. You can make them 60 days before your trip if you're staying either at a true Disney resort or one of the handful of often chain hotels that has probably paid Disney to give their guests this perk. So in Disney Springs, you'll find hotels where you do get that same 60-day window as the on-property Disney Resorts, as well as you get access to Extra Magic Hours, which rotate through the parks each day, and they either allow you to get in the park early or stay late. I haven't found them to be extraordinarily useful because so many people take advantage of them. Those parks end up really busy, but there is at least a way to access that perk without staying in a Disney Resort. And then within your Disney Resorts, you've got three levels. You've got your Deluxe Resort, you have your Moderate, and you have your Value Resorts, Um, So there's a lot of choices to make. At Mickey.
1: <laughs> I'm still blown away by this 60-day fast pass option, but 30 days out, are some of the rides already fully booked?
0: Yeah, in fact, they're they're fully booked 60 days out, oh some of them gosh. are, because you can make the reservation 60 days from your first day at the park. So if the average park visit is, say, four or five days, then at your 60th day, some people are already well into their window, because their windows started a few days earlier. So it's common for the most popular ride, even if you're booking at 60 days out, you can't get some of those fast passes until, say, the third day of your trip
1: okay coming up after the break how to plan your trip hotel options and credit cards i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your
0: small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin
1: has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So I have to admit, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot to Completely
0: understandable. In. Yes.
1: <laughs> Conv- convince me as a, as a Disney World newcomer that this is all worth it.
0: So you get someone to help you. There are – and it doesn't have to be like a professional Disney planner. You're going to have a friend. If you post on Facebook, hey, I'm trying to plan a trip to Disney World. Does anyone have any tips? Wait five seconds, and there'll be a swarm of people that are your real-life friends giving you assistance and offering to probably help you. Because once you've done it, you know how valuable a little bit of planning is, and you don't want your friend to be the one who like, shows up with no fast passes and there's a five-hour line to ride something, right. which absolutely happens at peak times. <laughs> Zach is shaking his head I'm, at me in disbelief. I, my
1: jaw is <laughs> dropped. I'm shaking my head.
0: But the honest truth if all of that sounds horrible and you don't have a friend that will do it for you and and you don't want to have a disney planner do it for you I think you. I
1: do have a friend that'll do it for me don't i You do <laughs>
0: But, like, somebody listening, if you don't have a friend that would do this for you and you don't want to have, like, a Disney planner and there's tons of those, maybe don't go to Disney World. Go to Universal because you can just show up there with an express pass, which is something you pay extra for at Universal. You don't need dining reservations and you don't need advanced fast passes. You just pay extra for that express pass and you're in the short line for the rides. So we've done that as well when we're not planning, like, obnoxious number of months in advance because it is easier. Disney World especially at a peak time with a family if you did not plan in advance then you just have to really recalibrate your expectations and don't go on the peakest rides or only go on one super popular ride right when the park opens or closes what we like to do because my husband like abhors crowds and often he doesn't come with us because it's just not his sort of vacation but he doesn't want to fully be missing from the kids memories at Disney either so he comes sometimes. And when he comes is often when we'll buy these packages that give you access before the park officially opens without crowds and without having to like, be online 60 days in advance booking your FastPass. They have these packages called Early Morning Magic, not to be confused with extra magic hours. I oh, know. that's what I was just
1: going to say. Zach's oh, I'm like die. I know that one. But I don't. Early morning magic is Yeah, it's early
0: morning magic. You don't have to be staying at a Disney resort to do this. You just have to be willing to spend $79 per person extra. Oh,
1: I thought you were going to tell me it's $2,500 or something insane. So they have
0: those too. (laughs) Those are all day magic. But they have early morning magic, which is for $79 currently, I believe. You get into the park. Um, 90 minutes before it opens and only select rides are available but you can literally do them over and over again the park is empty you can take photos with like nobody in the background breakfast is included and it's a fabulous way to ride a whole bunch before 9 o'clock so we just did this at Toy Story Land over spring break and at 855 They were marching the army in who had lined up to get into the park when the park officially opened. We had already ridden everything we wanted to ride. Marching
1: means that they they slow you down so you can't run? They do. So they have, like,
0: it honestly looks like an army. They have three levels of Disney employees lined up at front. They have, like, the line leaders and then the next line. And then they have a shoulder-to-shoulder line of Disney employees so you can't push past them. And then behind those three layers of Disney employees are, honest-to-God, thousands of guests who had lined up to be the first ones in Toy Story Land when the park opened, but they weren't because we'd paid $79 per person to already ride all of those things. But when we saw them marching in at 8.55 in the morning, we were so grateful we had paid the money to do all that and be done because that looked like absolute misery and it gets busy in a hurry. And this was spring break, but the early morning magic can be worth it.
1: All right. So let's, let's say I'm going, I'm planning a trip 180 days from now. It's a long weekend. It's it's during a peak, but not super crazy peak time. Where should I stay, and what ride should I plan to, to book? At
0: so, I'm super. This su- moment. I'm super partial to the deluxe resorts, and again, what you do at Disney is going to come down to budget. You can do Disney for fun on almost any budget, um, but if I'm just going to go once and I want to have a lot of fun, I like to stay at the monorail resorts. So. That's going to be the Contemporary or Bay Lake Tower, the Polynesian Village Resort, or the Grand Floridian. And I want to stay on the monorail, and I want to take it to the Magic Kingdom or transfer and go to Epcot. And you can save money if you rent Disney Vacation Club points. And I won't go down this rabbit hole. I will just tell you we have a story on it <laughs> that we'll link to. But there are ways to stay at these top-tier hotels at Disney for half the price that Disney wants just by renting someone's Disney Vacation Club points. And it's a totally above-board thing. It's not like a scammy thing to do.
1: Oh, that's a good tip, yeah.
0: And you can, you can save a huge amount over retail prices. You do, again, have to plan in advance or get really lucky. But it's a way to stay at those those um, best located resorts For a lot less. There's other fun ones, too, though. Animal Kingdom with the kids is fun. You can see animals on the Savannah.
1: And can you can you use regular hotel points to book any of these?
0: So there's two options. Like Disney Spring is one. There's a variety of chain hotels there that are points friendly. We did a whole study last year on what's the best Disney hotel on points other than the official Disney hotels, because, of course, you can't use like a Hyatt Point at a Disney hotel. But you can at some of these like Disney Springs or there are two Marriott properties that are on Disney property. There's the Disney Swan and the Disney Dolphin. Technically, they're a Weston and a Sheraton. Category 87,000. Category 87,000. <laughs> they really are. They, like, not that long ago were 10,000 SPG points a night. But as of today, they are um, 50,000 Marriott points oh, a night. Okay. They're a lot. Yeah. So sometimes cash rates may be better if you want to leverage your elite status or earn elite status or whatever. But if you want to use your points, they're 50,000 Marriott points a night, and they are on property.
1: And then the rides, which which, like, let's say three rides what are your three favorite rides that i should book now
0: So my favorite rides that you would want fast passes for slinky dog dash which is a really fun roller coaster that literally everyone in my family loves i love soren which is a ride i did that in california adventure
1: oh that's fine you don't
0: like have to have a fast pass for that one they have enough capacity on that ride they can get people through the line somewhat reasonably but if you can get a fast pass get it because why not i really like classics like space mountain and those still have long lines Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at Magic Kingdom is a really popular one just because it's newer. It's it's fun. So that's a good one to get a Fast Pass for. But really, just get a Fast Pass for anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just so you have it. You're like, I, I know so I'm going to get to do it. something. And you
0: can get three per day in advance. And then once you use those three in the parks, you can get more. There's also this thing that hardcore Disney folks do where they just... They they call it pound the app, and you just keep refreshing over and over until you get what you want.
1: I feel like there are many levels. There are, and I I swear I'm not
0: going super deep down the hole, but I'll tell you, like, don't just look once and give up. Especially day of or day before, if you just keep refreshing the app, then you may end up with what you want
1: have you run into anyone wearing like a battery vest so that their phone stays so
0: bad (laughs) and you know you want to live in the moment when you're on a family vacation and as much as i love disney disney makes that really hard with the fast passes when you're trying to get another one and you're staring at your phone and you're refreshing the app so in that way i actually like the way disneyland does it better
1: all right it's intense (laughs) i want to go sometime but i I think I'm going back to Disneyland. So here's another
0: suggestion. Like I mentioned the, the Magic Morning packages, but they also have a number of Halloween and Christmas themed nights in the fall and then early winter. And during those parties, you can't use Fast Passes. So nobody has Fast Passes during those parties. And they have, you know, cool characters. They give away, you know, treats are included in these tickets. And you don't have to plan in advance because you like literally can't. So everybody's kind of on the same playing field. And so we really, really enjoy going during the Mickey's Christmas party and the Mickey Halloween parties. And part of the reason why is because since I'm the family's planner, I do enjoy a Disney trip where there isn't much you can really plan in advance but buying the tickets mm-hmm. and showing up.
1: I want to finish talking about credit cards and then also really quickly touch on flights. Obviously, Orlando has a lot of options. Yes. So, um, but first, credit cards. I know there's a, a Disney credit card. Is that right, a co-branded card? There is. Does that get you free tickets to Disney World? I mean,
0: technically if you use it, but it doesn't give you as many rewards per dollar spent as some of the travel rewards credit cards that TPG focuses on. So the strength of the Disney visa is that you can, if you need to finance your trip over six months, you can. I'm sure there's limits and maximums and whatever, but they do offer 0% for six months, I believe. So I can can pay
1: installments during those 180 days. I know, which I mean, of course
0: (laughs) we say like, don't like rack up debt don't do all of that but I know some families for a Disney trip they need to spread it out and so it can be used for that it also gives you some special character meet and greets um, and some discounts especially on the Disney Cruise. we just did a Disney Cruise and it give you some discounts on the Disney Cruise mm-hmm. And okay. so there are some reasons to get it but it's not overall in my opinion the best card for Disney but the City Premier is what I use to get two points per dollar on the tickets if you just buy Disney tickets they're gonna code as entertainment so factor that in when you're deciding what card to use um, however if you buy them through a travel site like Undercover Tourist is a popular one where they're actually a little bit cheaper if you're buying a multi-day ticket that will code as travel so for that you can use something like your Sapphire Reserve for three points per dollar or if you still have your travel credit for the year. I know people that have used it by buying Disney tickets from undercover tourists and saving a little with the annual travel credit. So just be aware if all you're buying is Disney tickets from Disney World, they're going to code as entertainment. But if you want to buy them from a travel site, you can do that. Or if you're booking them as part of a hotel package from Disney World, then
1: they'll code as travel. Oh, okay, good tip. The the one area where you probably won't necessarily maybe except for in peak periods, but have to pay a ton of money is with flights, just because there's so much competition, right? I mean, flights to Orlando are pretty, pretty reasonably priced.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons we end up there so much. And frankly, we fly in on Spirit and Frontier a lot because we can. And it can be like, honest to God, as little as $26 from Houston. <laughs>
1: I've, I feel like Orlando is like a, a mini hub for, for Spirit and Frontier. It really just, They is. fly from everywhere.
0: It is. And South I've done Southwest there. Um, but during peak times, you're looking at crazy prices still on, you know, especially like a United. And if, if you're going on a peak time from Newark or D.C. or some popular East Coast city, it may still be really expensive. But don't be afraid to look to those other carriers. We actually just bought a discount den membership with Frontier because we're going to Orlando uh-huh. again this that summer. That sounds like
1: heaven. I, I want to live in the discount den.
0: I know! With all of the cute frontier animals. So we bought a discount den membership because, a, it gives you a little discount on flights, but mostly because they now have kids fly free on certain days. And so we buy two adult tickets. I think we paid eighty dollars for each one of the adult tickets, and the kids were free, which was great. Wow!
1: Up, up until what age?
0: A uh, 15.
1: Oh, wow. OK.
0: Yeah. That's and it's a- it's only valid select days, often Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But even like we're going the summer on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, it's summer, it doesn't matter. As
1: long as you're OK with a tray table that's like the size of a soda can. It I think
0: literally that- is. <laughs> but so the way we do Frontier or Spirit when we fly Spirit is to spend as little as possible on the tickets. But we do pay for those extras. So on Spirit, you'll find us in the big front seats for like 49 bucks.
1: Which are like domestic first class. Right? They are. Uh-huh. And
0: on Frontier they don't have that, but they have what's called the stretch seats, which have like decent legroom. So we will buy up to that. So we have a comfortable experience, but it still comes out cheaper overall.
1: Uh, So how can someone follow along with all of your Disney adventures? Where will they find you on social media?
0: They will find me on Twitter at Mommy Points, M-O-M-M-Y Points, or on TPG Family, which you can get to from the TPG homepage. Click on Family Travel at the top. We cover Disney. We're trying to review all of the Disney resorts. We're about halfway there. We're reviewing a lot of the extra ticket activities um, with the goal of helping you figure out which ones are worth it.
1: Save travel, Summer. You too. That's it for this episode of Miles Away. Thanks again to Summer Hall. This episode was produced by Margaret Kelly and Caroline Chagrin with editing by Ryan Gabis. Our music is by Alex Schiff. If you've been enjoying Miles Away so far, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen.